Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the gun episode 92, it's time to recap our Big 12 weekly picks, get into some new ones, and see how you guys did, because that was the first week uh, that you were able to compete against us. Jed will lay out the details for that if you want to participate and try and knock one of us out. It, it, the way the season's gone, it's not going to take you much. Um, I've struggled of late. Jed has really struggled. Owen's kind of getting some momentum here going. Wes has been batting a 1,000 until this week. So uh, we'll get into that. Uh, let's just go ahead and get him right to it, Jed. So um, yeah. the recap, we'll get into that first. But if you want to go and hit on uh, how people can join uh, the competition. Yeah, we, we last week we initiated uh, a link that you can uh, enter your information into a Google poll and be part of it. And what we're going to do is, if anybody hits all four, we pick passing offense of the week to throw for the most yards, rushing offense of the week to rush for most yards, lowest uh, scoring defense and highest scoring offense in the Big 12. So if you go four for four, uh, we're going to have a nice cool prize for you. Like Owen's going to autograph a rookie card from his NFL days and. And it's not going to be easy. <laughs> I'll say this. We started this with the fans last week because we each picked one category, right? Like I signal caller picked the passing yards, beer truck pisses, picks rushing. You pick uh, offense and West picks defense. It's hard enough for us to hit one and win, right? Yeah. But to hit all four, that's really oh, tricky. And what yeah. we found out, we had several people that uh, uh, all you do is enter your email and your name and enter your picks and boom, there you are. We had several people do this, and only two of them got two out of four right. That's how hard this is. So it, it's not a layup. If you do it, you earned it. And uh, I'll give you the two. We want to give them a nice little shout-out. We'll probably even throw your name up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. We had a guy named Albert Morsey. Uh, Go Al. Go Al. Uh, he hit the rushing offense with Kansas State which rushed for the most yards, and he hit the scoring defense. Uh, Texas allowed six points, so there were two defenses that allowed six points, so even the tie, he got that. So he hit two of those. And then there was another guy, and he just entered his name as Jim. Uh, so, Jim, good job. Uh, now, I don't know <laughs> if it was Jim McMahon, because he, he's the only person who got the passing offense right. He picked BYU to throw for the most yards in the Big 12. Really? And he he nailed it. He's the only guy that picked BYU. Uh, and he also hit the scoring defense because he had picked Oklahoma and Oklahoma and Texas each allowed six. So great job to Albert Morrissey and Jim. I assume it's not McMahon. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we encourage you. We're going to put this one on Twitter this week. We'll post a new link. And each each week we want to kind of interact with the with the listeners and the viewers and the fans. And, and uh, that's a really fun part of it. As we try and do it, we recognize how challenging it is. And and it also gives us some frame of reference. So the four categories, here's what we found out with all the people that entered into the lottery themselves or into the, the picks themselves. The one guy that got the passing offense, right? Only one, only one got the passing offense. And that was Jim. Only three got the rushing offense, right? This is not easy. Uh, 13 got the scoring defense, right? But that's in part because of the ties count, right? Uh, nobody, nobody out of all the pickers got the scoring offense right. That makes me so, feel better. 
again, guys, this is we're going to encourage the listeners, guys and gals, get involved in this because I'll tell you what, if somebody hits this with all four, we're going to make it fun for you. It, we're going to give you a shout out and then some because you you know some football or you're the luckiest person on earth, one or the other, or both, <laughs> yeah. or both right? So with that being said, uh, let's double back to last week's results. And then uh, we're going to hit a break after that, and we'll come back and make this week's picks. Last week, I picked as the uh, offense, the signal caller of the week, the offense to throw for the most yards. Uh, I picked TCU, which, of course, by law means they didn't. Uh, I ended up not scoring again. I got zero points. Uh, we can put the totals up on the board, but I'm not going to bore anybody with the, the top five that I didn't qualify for. But I sent it to you, Scholars. So you can throw the graphics up. Owen. Uh, rushing offense of the week. Uh, you picked TCU. Now, remember what I told you last week? I said, I like your chances because I picked them to throw for the most. I know, I know they're not going to do that. So, well, they had a pretty good game. Uh, they ran for 192 yards against SMU. That was good enough to finish third most in the Big 12. Uh, K-State went nuts, ran for 281 against UCF. Uh, of course, one dude in Giddens ran for over 200. What a game he had. Kansas ran for 221 uh, against BYU. So TCU with 192 comes in third. So you get three points. So again, not easy. Uh, Wes last week picked, and, and this looked like a really good pick on paper. It really did. It did. State. They were hosting a struggling Oklahoma State team. But you know what? He didn't fare so well. Uh, allowing the fewest points in the Big 12 were two different teams at six. Texas and Oklahoma each allowed six. Houston allowed seven against Sam Houston. WVU, shout out to the Mountaineers, Jordan Leslie and crew, holding uh, Texas Tech to 13. That might be the most impressive out of what we've seen in the so far mentioned. Uh, TCU allowed 17 against SMU. Wes's pick of Iowa State came in at an, a tie in eighth place, so he doesn't get any points. Skyler, you picked as the highest scoring offense in the Big 12. You picked Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Uh not not the state well. scored the most points with 44 you had three teams score 38 a couple teams score 34 ucf scored 31 a couple teams scored 27 and then here come your oklahoma sooners with 20 uh with a 10th place tie with west virginia for scoring 20 uh so you get zero points like wes and like myself so tough week owen uh, any point scored this week because this was this was a bloodletting this week, man. It was, it was. Unfortunately, you know, Jed, you win some, you lose some. I beat you always. Well, yeah, I, I was gonna say you win some or you, you win some, you lose some. You say I just lose some. So, it's like you win some or you're Jed. I lose some. And I, lose. <laughs> I lose some and I lose some. And, so and I'll, gonna, I'll throw and back I'll have to you together. Yeah, I'll I'll throw up the uh, the standings here. So Wes is sitting atop at 17 points. He's been killing it all year. Last last week, this past week was his his first week where he didn't really hit anything. Well, we're gonna get, we're gonna tell Wes when he gets back on here when he when he finally yeah. makes it back from Las Vegas in February. <laughs> but, uh, we're gonna tell him when he gets back on here, dude. 13 people got the scoring defense. Yeah, <laughs> right? you know? this is gonna make him feel great. <laughs> but uh, uh anyway. Owen, Owen with the three points, he he's knotted up with me for second place at ten uh, points on the season. And, and Jed, um, I, I hate to to tell you, you, you're still not on the board yet. So you were, and then you you took a point off because of was it two oh, weeks yeah, I told ago? You, you, you I took told somebody. You, anybody plays finishes fourteenth. Yeah. 
which I almost did the week before. I said, I'm docking myself a point. You're going right <laughs> so when that happened last week, I was like, absolutely, I'm doing it. It almost happened with West West Virginia, but man, it yes, almost don't. Moment did happen with West Virginia. That's what happened. Don't so, place your your bets on what Jed says, or or for what I say, for that matter. Oklahoma's speaking of, speaking of, one in the league every well, not in the top two in the league every week, except when I picked. Them. Yeah. And of course, I picked them last week too, and and that's a, a good uh, time for me to mention Bet Online, which I should have done earlier. But uh, this episode <laughs> of In the Gun is brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I don't know where I'm going to go this week. We'll get into that here in just a second. But I mean, you're right, Jed. Like for anybody to hit all four, I mean, we've done this for four or five weeks. I've done this for four or five weeks. You guys did it all last year. Did any of you ever like all hit? In the same, no, way. that never happened. Like that's hard for any of us to hit. It was that only I don't happened think, a handful of times. I don't even think we all three hit the number one. Any it? No, we year. didn't. We did that one. I don't like think all three did. of us collectively. Like we never even did that. I don't so think we did either. It's tricky. That just yeah. goes to show how great analysts we are. Owen, what you've seen what we do with Phil? We come up with our own little handicapping for that specific West Virginia game. That's, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. fun because we get to make up the bets, right? I know. That, that is kind of fun to come up with what we're going to bet on for that one. We're cooking with a lot of stuff here. I'll tell you, like, we, we've kind of made this show a little bit different this year. We've we've got the peach lot thing brewing and, and off the air. We haven't got into it yet, but there might be something brewing at the tailgate situation. We've got an ITG sports book maybe coming. There's a whole lot of stuff that we're working on here. So <laughs> oh, yeah. you, oh, yeah. you got to – you got to stay tuned, but um, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll make our picks for this week. Uh, again, Wes is somewhere flying in the air. So we'll have to uh, just either make a pick for him, maybe make the worst pick. And, and, and it'll probably end up being the number one off or defense that week. So uh, we'll figure that out when we come across the break. So uh, you've been in the gun. Nobody supports the Blue and Gold Mountaineers like Toothman Ford. With over 20 NIL deals and counting, Toothman Ford continues to rally behind our student-athletes. And it's time we rally and support the dealer that supports the Mountaineers. Not only does Toothman Ford offer the best prices in the state on pre-owned, their never-over MSRP campaign on new Fords guaranteed to save you thousands. Drive with pride all season long, knowing you're supporting the dealer that fuels our Mountaineers. Toothman Ford, where cars cost less. In Grafton and at ToothmanFord.com. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyds of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations, with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. 
Let's go, Mountaineer fans. You're tuned in to In the Gun with Wes, the runaway beer truck, and the signal caller. All right, so it's time to make our picks. And uh, as always, this episode of ITG is brought to you by our friends at Toothman Ford. We all know cars cost less in Grafton. And guys, I have nowhere, I have no idea where I'm going with my pick this week. I'm still bouncing it back and forth between three schools. So hopefully one of you will will go first because uh, obviously Wes isn't here right now. Usually I, I get just to sit back and listen to you guys. I've already texted my pick into Wes. He gives a one sentence thing for me and I'm good to go. Now today I've got to explain my pick. So I got to figure this crap out. So Jed, Owen, one of you go first, whoever wants to go. I'll take a crack at it since we were just talking about reminiscing some old stories about <laughs> coach Herb Hand and yeah. the fighting Herb Hands down there at UCF. I'm going with UCF against Baylor at home. First big 12 matchup they got there down there. And uh, come on, Herbie. I need a handy brother. <laughs> Owen tells us during the break that he's going to pick UCF and that ends up with me and Owen just for the next in real time half an hour telling her <laughs> right uh spanning 15 20 years but uh yeah Herb's Herb's a good dude down there coaching the O-line doing a great job of it actually at uh at Central Florida with his boy Gus Malzahn who he's been with on and off since their days at Tulsa but uh I want to. I tell you what, I'm I'm looking at UCF's rush totals in four games, 389, 258, 251. Even at K State last week, they still managed 143. And and this is without John Reese Plumley, their dual threat quarterback who hasn't been playing the last couple games. Uh, uh, that's a good pick. But what do I know, right? Because uh, here's what I'll say: passing offense. Uh, I got bad news for Texas Tech. I really do. Uh, they're going home with their season on the brink to host the Houston Cougars and Dana Hogerson, who knows a little thing or two about Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I think that they want to make this a get-right game. I think Baron Morton's going to obviously get the start because that poor Tyler Shuck, I don't see him playing football anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Texas Tech has an opportunity to throw for some yards. And if, if I didn't pick them, they probably would. But I, I think what this does is it kind of kind of makes the path a little easier for Dana. Dana Dana might owe me one after this for picking Texas Tech. He, <laughs> he might sneak in there and steal one for most Red Raiders. But but I'm go, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. Baron Morton. I think Zach Kitley's going to have a nice plan together with a with a week to work with the, the young Baron Morton again, and we, we know what that looks like after he's had some time to work with him. And uh, I think Texas Tech has a chance against Houston to to put up some numbers. Well, looky, looky here, just in the nick of time, Wes texts me his pick of the week, and it is, we'll show it on the screen here, the Baylor Bears for his best defense of the week against UCF. Whoa! Uh, Are yeah. you coming after you, brother? <laughs> well, first of all, Wes is still trying to work his way back from Vegas on two mules, a motor helicopter, and a, a fan boat, but uh, I can tell Wes is tired. I can tell Wes is tired. Yeah, I mean that's 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 gonna going out on a limb, I tell you. But no, well, we're just kidding. Bay West did not pick Baylor. At least we don't think yet. We're taping this. We're gonna get this. <laughs> <Okay. his pick. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get West's. We're gonna get West's pick at some point, and I'm gonna slide this in here. So drum rolls, please. West picks. All right, great pick by Wes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so excellent. <laughs> uh, so for the highest scoring offense, I'm going to go 
I, I, I was, by the I way, was, West picked the lowest scoring defense. Yes, bet the lowest scoring defense. I'm going highest scoring offense. And I had a hard time this week because, like, Cincinnati BYU, that's a low scoring game. West Virginia TCU, I still see a low scoring game. Houston, Texas Tech, eh. Baylor, UCF, don't want any part of it. The only two that I kind of came down to was Oklahoma against Iowa State. And then you guys kind of talked me out of it. And I was like, I can't go back to the well again. I went with Oklahoma last week and they, they killed me. I'm going to go with Texas against Kansas. And I could see this being a shootout. I don't think this is going to get out of hand. It seems like every time these two teams play, it's always some sort of a close game. One possession, two possessions. Sometimes Kansas wins the dang thing. So I'm going to go with Texas because I think they're the maybe the most high-powered offense in the Big 12. And, I mean, they've scored 30-plus points every game this year. So I feel like if I can get to 30 with these other matchups, I feel like i got a good shot. So what you're saying, Skyler, is Jared Casey's not walking through that door for Kansas, right? Or Jared <laughs> no. Casey, the hero two years ago when they shocked Texas 57-56 at DKR. So you see Texas on the better end of a shootout. I do. I, I do. But I think, again, I think Kansas can – they could be in the top three or four of this week's scoring offense too. So I, I actually thought about them too. I'm like, well, if I say that, People are going to think I'm automatically picking them to beat Texas, so I'm just, I'm not going to get into that just yet. I mean, is anybody may... outside of Austin mm -hmm. pulling Texas in the Big Twelve? I mean, it's it's like the world against them. Everybody yeah. wants Kansas to beat them Saturday. They I know do. I do. They do, and, and I mean, it, it's just funny, right? I mean, <laughs> even when yeah. they even when they did it when they were terrible, it was just like. That was the greatest remember, thing. That was that was kind of the coming out party with that first Lance Leipold season. Remember, the strange hiring cycle. He was hired after the spring, so he didn't really even have an off season uh, to get that team ready. So they come into that year, they they knock off South Dakota barely, and then they go on a long losing streak, which was snapped at DKR in that crazy 57-56 overtime win. And then we got them a couple weeks later. Because remember, the week after the Texas game, then they went on the road and played TCU tough at TCU. Now I'm starting to think about Back it. in Lawrence. So that was a strange little stretch for them. But So was that, was that Sark? Was that Sark or Herman? That was Herman. That was Herman's last season. And I know Charlie Strong lost to Kansas. This is Sark's second season. I thought it was his third. Okay, so you're right. Well, so, you know what? Let me let me think about that. Because I, 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 I had a feeling this was his third. He lost it to them in year one, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is year three for Sark. So, so all the last three Texas head coaches have lost to Kansas, we think. Yes, Yes. because <laughs> think about it. That was that same stretch. If you go back and look at Texas, or Texas that year, uh, I could tell you right here what was going on. Because one of the other things that I remember about that season, uh, there you go. It was the loss at Iowa State right before yeah, that. Yeah. Up on the team bus, that was Sark. That was on the team bus when they, they got blown out 30 to 7. After a close game at halftime, they got blown out 30 to 7 at Iowa State. And then, the, then they had the big blow up. The thing went viral with the video on the phone with the coach and the player on the team bus. And I remember that now, yeah. It was the week after that that Kansas beat them. So that was Sark. Yes, it was Sark. Wow. Man, a big program like that, and they've lost to Kansas, which, again, this is a different Kansas now that we're talking about. But at the time that it happened, that's not the scenario. Like, 
This is three straight Texas teams. Something coaches that have lost. Kansas. Like I've heard people say, it's frustrating to see Kansas with all the success and so many teams in the Big 12 can't match their success. I'm like, at what cost? Don't act like Kansas just showed up and didn't miss a beat and they were always really solid. No, the price they paid for getting to where they finally are now is being the worst team maybe in the history of college football for 15 (laughs) years, which gave them not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six chances to get the head coaching hire right. And even then they kind of backed into it in the offseason that he wasn't their first choice. Mm-hmm. they've had a strange situation with Les miles working his way out and i so it took a lot a lot for the stars to finally align for kansas to get to where they are now playing meaningful football back in the top 25 so all these people saying well even kansas is doing this and doing it whoa whoa kansas had every chance in the free world for a decade and a half and at long last made the most out of all those endless chances to hit on one. Well, and that's yeah. D3 the guy, too. Leifold is obviously the right guy at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they – go ahead, uh, Yeah, went with the D3 guy from the uh, WIAC, baby. Ooh, played against him back when I was a uh, old River Falls Falcon. But, you know, had to go outside the realm a little bit, and some of those guys have been getting opportunities and making the best of them. Sure right. Um And uh, – Lance is is doing great things with them right now, man. You know, I mean, cool and, his staff has been together since you played against. Them. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's like, remarkable. It well, and and that's how it that's how it really has to be. Sort of. Oh, I mean, nobody means something. It means a big thing, especially with the coaching staff. I mean, you we could go back and talk about Rich a little bit and how that staff, for the most part, for for a long period of time, yeah. was those guys. And if yeah. you look through the history of of I mean, really coaching, definitely in football. Uh, you know, I think of Green Bay. Well, when I was in Green Bay, you know, and then I get drafted to, or sorry, when I was living in Wisconsin and I used to go to the Green Bay practices, I'm seeing all these coaches. Well, hell, I get drafted to Seattle. Those coaches are there in Seattle. Seattle, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the same crew. So it's like they just, you know, and it'd be hard to really, it's one thing. Uh, you know, getting the players on board, but trying to get, you know, you know, and, and they do bring in, you know, maybe a, a guy here, a guy there, but for the most part, it's very, it's very a good old boys network. Right. Uh, and uh, those guys have to stick together. I mean, that, that's the, that's really the true, um, you know, effort and what makes those teams go is just the continuity. Like you said, Jed, of the uh, coaching staff. And that, that's actually a good point, too, because, like, with West Virginia, even, like, in Neil Brown, like, the first few years, there was assistance kind of going in and coming in and leaving, like, within a year. And I know that they still have the, the rotating door receiver coach a little bit, but, I mean, you look at these last couple of years, and he's been able to retain pretty much his entire staff for the last two or three years. That's That shows well, what's, not what's only the commitment, but it's also showing that if you have the same guys teaching the same principles – you're going to get a hang. Inside out. Yeah. Chad Scott, Matt Newark, those are guys who have been with Neil Brown yeah. forever, mm-hmm. dating back to his Texas tech, tech days, in some cases dating back to his, his first you know, run at Troy in the late 2000s, before he was a head coach, when he was still a coordinator. 
And on the defensive side, look at his history with Jordan Leslie. There's a lot of other moving parts on the staff around him, but the nucleus of that staff, the I'm guys sorry. that he leans on the most as far as coordinator titles and things of like that, by and large have been with him for a long time and he understands the value they bring. He understands their philosophy. He knows they're synced up. And to Owen's point, that's kind of the way Rich saw a lot of things. Uh, there's some moving parts on any staff, but there were also some critical elements that as a nucleus were always in place. And and that's what you're getting with Lance Leipold. I mean, when you look at Borland, uh, when you look at Kotelnicki, when you look at his coordinators on both sides of the ball, these are guys that have a ton of history with him. They had tremendous success at the D3 level and they moved on to Buffalo and had success in the Mac and rebuilding another program with him. And now they're enjoying similar success in the big 12 at Kansas. So, I mean, now all the pieces around them or a lot of them have changed through the years. Of course they have, but to have those core guys with you for that ride for that long, that means a lot. There's a yeah. shorthand that exists there because of that continuity that helps you have some of the success that they've enjoyed. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, again, this is the first year also that I think people kind of tend to forget about where Ren Baker is in the AD chair and things a little different. So there's there's a way that things were operated in the past. It's a little different in terms of that. So I think now that you have a new AD, you also have the the, the Country Roads Trust that's been doing phenomenal things with NIL and all that stuff. There's, there's a different feeling I think around this program than maybe it was two years ago and I think when you have that continuity it's only going to help the cause right I mean it can't do anything uh, but help the cause sure it's it's going to have to play a critical role in all this right down to we lost Matt Jansen from the scouting department that's a tough loss and, yeah. and and Notre Dame grabbed him they recognized what was going on with Matt Jansen as a football guy all right, so we reached out and tapped an NFL guy who's been around the league for 18 years and is a very high-value advanced scout. So that's where all this is kind of going. You've got to target assets in the portal that you know fit what you do and can compete in the Big 12 and Power 5 football, and that takes a very high level of scouting. And we're not Alabama and Georgia. We can't just go tap a superstar like Jameer Gibbs on the shoulder yeah. who's a superstar at Georgia Tech and say, hey, superstar who's already established and there's no risk attached to you at all, come be a superstar for us. That's not how it works. The people we target are guys that excel at a lower level or a group of five school that we think, based on our scouting, are ready to take the next step, even though nobody else wants them, from the Blue Bloods. So that takes scouting. So you've got to have a lot of faith in that room. That hire kind of matters. But the continuity you're talking about on the staff, oh, that serves a tremendous purpose because those guys have to work in tandem with the scouting department and everything else in determining, hey, this is the type of kid we want. You know, we talked in the previous episode about guys playing the football on the back end when it's in flight, passes defended, Beanie Bishop on down the line. Well, that was a skill set that the scouting department targeted very specifically in the portal. We want players. It's great to cover, but covering doesn't help. Gotta make plays. Exceptional with the football in the air. And these were guys that we brought in. Now, unfortunately, a couple of them are on the shelf for the rest of the year in Keyshawn Cobb uh, and in Montre Miller. But those guys were also targeted because of their ability to play the ball in flight, as was Beanie. So, you know, that's that's where we're going with this is you're looking for a skill set. But the continuity that you have on the staff, like I was talking about with Rich, there's something to be said for all that.
Yeah, and it's crazy now that we're we're in that era of college athletics now. The football team's got a GM. So yep. we, yep. we have free crazy. agency that we label as the transfer portal. So salary cap, that might be the next thing that comes into play. I don't know how that would be worked or policed, but I have, that's way above my pay grade. But it, it's really starting to resemble more and more like the pro football model. And I think that's probably how it's going to end up being. So um, final words, anybody got anything else before we get out of here? A lot of content this week. Again, remember, we're going to post on the Twitter account uh, an opportunity for the fans to engage and jump right back in and making their picks. And we want to keep this thing rolling until somebody does hit four out of four. And as we said, stated earlier, once somebody does that, and it's going to be volume, throw it up under the wall, something that sticks. Somebody's going to go four for four at some point. Yep. Once you do, we're going to make it worth your while. Absolutely. So as Jed said, uh, make sure you're following all of our content. Follow us on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, In The Gun Podcast. Subscribe at In The Gun Podcast. Give us a like as well. And uh, one final thank you here to Fortis for, for roof performance and financial security guaranteed. Make sure to visit fortis.us.com. And as always, be an ear and tell an ear about your new favorite WWE football podcast. For Jed Drenning, Wesley Euler, and Owen Schmidt, I'm Skylar Callahan, and you've been In The Gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.